Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. And that is why I am so vocal about sharing that it's been a 12-year journey for me because I am not trying to, um, you know, create a rainbow and butterflies picture that I was an overnight success. You really have to pay your dues and work hard to become a success as an entrepreneur today. There, to me, there is no such thing as a quick fix. And if you become an overnight YouTube sensation, then, you know, you better figure out a way to sustain and scale it from there fast. Yeah. You know, because it's that solid foundation that, again, helps you build a house that turns into a compound that turns into a mega mansion. And there's a reason why scaling according, you know, not, not slowly, but nicely over just rapidly does create longer term growth and consistency. Hey, U-Turners, guess who? It's me, and I'm here with somebody so special to me. It's one of my OG friends. I know that a lot of you who have kind of tuned into my life on any level have seen a lot of amazing women, and I bring you today somebody who's so special to me. Um, I met Chelsea Crossed on a jog. (laughs) I was jogging in Santa Monica, and I saw her from Twitter and I saw her having a meeting and I literally jogged myself into her meeting and was like, you don't know me, but I know you and we're going to be friends. Fast forward five years later and here we are on a podcast interview. We were in, was in her wedding and she's just a best friend. And not only that, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a LinkedIn instructor, her most recent course having launched over Valentine's Day. And she's a strategist for marketing to millennials. She really gets it. She advises corporations on it. And she's such an expert on personal branding. She was doing personal branding before anybody else I know was doing personal branding. She was 16 years old with a radio show in Florida. Leave it to her. And she's also such an expert on influencer marketing. And I make fun of her all the time because if you check out her sizzle reel on YouTube, it's like she's everywhere. It's like Chelsea Cross introducing Chelsea Morgan Cross, Chelsea Cross. So introducing Chelsea Cross. Chelsea, thank you for being here. Hello, my love. Thank Hello. you for having me. So finally, fun. finally, my U-turn right? appearance. I know. Finally, the big moment. It's you know what it is. It's just that you're you're so fun that I'm like every time I see you, I'm like, let's go shopping. So everybody listening, I know. we kind of have that influence on each other when we find when we actually are in person. I know. It, speaking of, funny enough, our episode is going to be called "How to Grow Your Influence," and I know that you have a methodology, but I figured it'd be really fun for you to jam kind of briefly on your background because. 
I, whenever I tell other friends about you, because I know you're kind of out there in Florida and us LA babes, you know, people are like, who's this girl that you're, is in your story? I'm like, she is a true entrepreneur. Like you and I are in the online digital marketing wild west. Chelsea is busy creating things that are totally different. So I'm curious for everybody to hear your story a little bit. Well, thank you so much, first of all. You know, my journey really starts 12 years ago, which it just kind of freaks me out that it's been that long already because it's been such an evolution in tech and social media and the influencer marketing space and what we have just available at our fingertips when it comes to marketing and communicating with our audience today. So it has just been a whirlwind since I started when I was 16. This was back in 2007. Um, It was a time where the term millennial did not exist. It was a time where social media was in in its infancy. The iPhone was in its infancy. Um, Facebook was just available to high school students because, remember, you had to have an EDU address when Facebook first came out. And I was a junior or a sophomore in high school at the time. So I was struggling because it was also a time where our generation was starting to be talked about so negatively. Lazy, entitled, narcissistic, the demise of the future, you know, just negative, 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 negative. And the only pro programming for us teenagers was Disney Channel and MTV. So it was like 16 and pregnant and Miley Cyrus, literally. And The Simple Life, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Nicole Richie. It was like, okay, you know, wear something a little more empowering. I wanted to feel motivated, uplifted. I wanted to feel like I wanted to break out of this bubble. Like I was, I was craving social media. I was craving connection in such a more grand way and also an empowering platform that we're you know, uh, teens were talking to teens, not, you know, parents talking about teenagers. So um, long story short, I put together my first radio talk show concept, Teen Talk Live, pitched it to a local AM station in South Florida, Clear Channel, WBZT, 1230 AM radio. And um, three months later was the very first Teen Talk Live show. And little did I know, that within the next three months, not only were teenagers listening, calling in, messaging to the show, but parents and grandparents were. And it was because they were so, um, you know, confused and mind boggled by the difference between their generation and our generation. And that had so much to do with technology. And that's where the whole bridge between becoming a, a becoming a bridge for a brand trying to understand the millennial consumer group. Because I was talking to millennials, polling millennials, crowdsourcing millennials, collaborating with millennials for years and years and years before the term millennial even became trendy. So um, it was really the boom of influencer marketing before even influencer marketing existed. Um, and it all changed in 2009 when I went to Africa for my first mission trip to Africa and put a four-part docuseries together on behalf of um, feminine hygiene care and the lack thereof um, for access to pads and tampons and sanitary hygiene products in Africa. And Kotex saw that docuseries. And then asked me to be their millennial spokesperson. So in 2009, moved to New York, was the millennial spokesperson for You Buy Kotex, freshman in college. 
And that one-year agreement turned into five years working together. And it really was influencer marketing in its infancy. I helped them create the blog, the online community. The, I actually helped them create the brand, the packaging, the message, the voice, the story. I toured the country with them, uh, speaking on behalf of women's empowerment and feminine hygiene care um, across the U.S. And it really was the brewing of my marketing arm and understanding how brands needed to understand the millennial consumer group, how we were so different and how to use social media effectively for this generation. So this is becoming such a long winded story, but <laughs> I have a very untraditional beginning. Yeah, That's you, the, you know, it, and it was all a snowball effect that led me to here. I can go on and on of this led me to this, that led me to this, but my background is in, you know, producing, hosting and uh, marketing strategy. So I've been able to package it and position it for uh, both the solopreneur and the fortune 100 business. Perfect. So now I love helping other people figure out how to do it for them too. And I mean, I know that you've been dubbed the Twitter chat queen because you are, <laughs> and you kind of, I feel like, did you even invent the Twitter chat shells? Well, I don't want to take the credit for it, but I really feel that I did develop Twitter chats to what they have become today. I think people were doing them in a smaller fashion, not necessarily monetizing them, like making it a, a brand partnership opportunity and then an influencer marketing opportunity. So I think help, I helped scale it in a way that is so effective for, for how we think of Twitter chats today. I was doing them seven years ago. Okay. So it, it, I, that's why, you know, the, the Twitter chat realm is definitely, um, a, a a happy place for me. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. And I know you have really coached a lot of people when it comes to becoming an influencer and really increasing their impact. And you have a system on how to grow your influence and it's called VIP, Visibility, Influence, and Profits. So I know that these three stages or these three steps in your business um, or career, they have five stages. So I was curious to kind of dive in and mm -hmm. understand stage one, which is all about your personal brand foundation. And I know some people listening, maybe they don't have a personal brand. Maybe they're not an entrepreneur. Maybe they're in the workforce and they don't, and maybe they're starting to sniff around and realize that there's a value to having a personal brand, even if you don't plan on monetizing it as a business owner would. So I'm curious to kind of hear from you about this one stage yeah. for everybody listening. Well, you know, there are so many people who are either in the workforce or maybe interested in being your own business owner, pursuing your own career. And I have, I work with a lot of entry-level entrepreneurs, but also people who have a nine-to-five job and understand that building a digital footprint today is really effective just for the long, long term. It does help open up more opportunities in the workforce, um, whether you want to grow within your company or you're looking to expand and go on your own. Um, so building your personal brand online by establishing a LinkedIn channel or a Facebook page and starting to share, um, you know, your expertise or thought leadership in whatever you do within your career, within your industry is always going to be beneficial. And for those that are entrepreneurial at running your own business, um, or it currently in personal brand development, um, th this more solidified your personal brand foundation. I like to say it like this. Think about when you want to build a mega mansion. If that concrete slab 
is not dry, you cannot build that mega mansion. But if that concrete slab dries perfectly, you can big you could build as big of a mega mansion as you want. And that's really the, the impact of a personal brand foundation and digital footprint, um, especially for those looking to monetize themselves online. Um, and if you are your business, if you are the, the owner of your business, building a personal brand foundation will only open up more opportunities to more clientele, media, press, speaking engagements, uh, brand partnerships. Um, it really, uh, the, the sky's the limit for developing the right personal brand foundation. Okay. And mm-hmm. when it comes to having a personal brand foundation, what are some steps that people can take? Because I actually, I learned a lot just being friends with you the past, you know, half decade or whatever it's been. Um, and, and so many different friends having a different approach. I think everybody kind of comes at their personal brand differently and uses different tools. So what are some tools that people can use to start building? You know what? If you really are starting from ground zero right now, then just think of building your LinkedIn page. LinkedIn is such an effective vehicle for building your personal brand footprint because ultimately when it comes to your professional self, LinkedIn's representing you in the best possible way. It's really your living digital resume if you think about it, right? It has your experience, your awards, your honors, your recognition, your testimonials. You can literally upload articles now on thought leadership in your industry and expertise um, in, in, a, in, in addition to native posting and community building in groups. So LinkedIn is really such a universal um, tool, whether you are a business owner or just career professional or employee. So no need to think this grandiose plan if you're really at you know entry level. LinkedIn is a really great channel to start with. I'm all about picking the right channels for you. doesn't mean that you have to be everywhere, you know, online and on social media, but I do think that everyone does benefit from having a LinkedIn presence. Okay. And when it comes to LinkedIn, one of my favorite things, just talking to you um, and everybody listening, I just spent a little over a week at your house, Chelsea, which was so awesome. And that was one thing that surprised me when we were kind of talking outside, watching the sunset was you talked about, you know, you and I just have sunsets together and talk about LinkedIn. <laughs> Way to shoot the shit, two old friends just having a moment. But I'm curious, like one of the things you talked about that actually kind of like perked me up is I understand LinkedIn from the standpoint of having a job hunt course and I understand how to appeal to a recruiter. Um, one thing I haven't harnessed when it comes to LinkedIn is from an entrepreneurial side. So I'm curious for everybody listening, like what are some magical things about LinkedIn? You talked about community, like creating a LinkedIn group. Like why would somebody create a LinkedIn group and not a Facebook group? Or, you know, cause I know that everybody's trying to manage where they're putting their brand energy. Yes. Um, so what are the benefits? What are some fun little perks about LinkedIn? Cause to me, I just signed onto it and I had literally 400 messages, a bunch of ads. And I was like, Oh my God. And all these messages, they also felt really spammy. We could probably do a whole episode on how to send a LinkedIn message, but, oh yeah, um, you know, I'm curious, like, how do you stand out on LinkedIn when there's so much mm-hmm. noise and why would you choose LinkedIn? Like what are some tools or functions that make it so magical? Okay, so this is such a great question. I'm even going to like back it up for a second because this will also help bring clarity to, to, to this conversation. So first of all, when, when thinking about building your personal brand foundation, think about what, what, what are your goals, right? Get clear on what those goals are. You always reverse engineer the strategy by having those goals in place. So 
for, for me, I really speak to those people who are entrepreneurs at heart looking to really build a, a business um, or stand out within their organization, right? So they want to literally start to monetize services or a product or themselves online. Um, a lot of people looking to open up opportunities for speaking engagements, for more press exposure, right? So all of this does help, you know, a personal brand foundation will only help create these opportunities. But LinkedIn is going to be your place where your where everyone's going to check your what you've done, what you've accomplished, where you've been, who you've worked with, what type of experience you have. But here's the thing: what is the industry you want to make a, a footprint in? Are you in finance? Are you in fashion? Are you in DIY? Are you a career coach? So it really makes a difference on what where where is your audience? We have to know where our audience is on social media so that we can make sure to dedicate our time and our energy and our creative to those channels, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in DIY, you know that you need to be on Pinterest and that you need to be on Instagram. Why? Because they're very visual channels and that's exactly the demographic that pulls those channels. So first do some research on the demographics on the social channels that align with your interests or your industry and make sure you're dedicating your time there. So that just goes across the board for social, right? And personal brand building. But for LinkedIn in particular, LinkedIn now has the opportunity to publish articles, publish native posts, publish video content, create groups, send in-mail messages versus just like having to connect with someone before you send a message through. And you could do that with LinkedIn premium now. So really all, all so many features now across all social channels, really LinkedIn provides. And in the, I would just say in the channel that is driven by, you know, the demographic is career professionals, right? We think Instagram, it's more for Instagram models and for influencer marketing. Truly, that's, you know, that's that's definitely the difference. There's different different social channels will pull different demographics for people. So make sure you understand where your audience is and dedicate your time there. So why would someone create a LinkedIn group is that if you are really interested in building a community, so are you interested in career coaching? Are you trying to do some sort of online coaching, mentor, mentoring, webinar, uh, workshops? Those are all great. Those are those industries. Those fields are all really in need of community development and building out a brand tribe. So that's the reason to kind of formulate a group um, to really create um, a loyal and engaged audience that you can hopefully um, convert to customers or clients. So it's kind of an evolution in a strategy of creating a group. Usually it's to build a community, build an engaged audience that you ultimately convert to client or customer. Okay, that's helpful. And by the way, for some reason I hear a little wobbling. It might be the chair. I don't know. It's kind of started like... You know, it's probably the crazy thunder going on outside. Oh, my God. You have thunder. (laughs) That is so crazy. I kind of miss it. It is rumbling. Is that like what you're hearing? Yeah, that's so crazy. Okay, we'll keep the thunder. It's thunder and lightning here on U-Turn. You're just talking it. You're talking about LinkedIn, and it's like thunder. Like, it's just so (laughs) magical. (laughs) Okay, so um, second to the second stage when it comes to growing your influence or kind of in the sync that you were saying, visibility, influence, and profits is packaging and positioning your niche to sell. Um, I think this applies to job seekers as well, by the way, and I'm not trying to um, straddle both buckets. Like I'm happy to talk to the entrepreneurs who are listening, but I think all of this stuff does apply to people who really want to increase their bank account when it comes to working in the workforce. 
Um, and just leveraging the power of it. So I'm curious to kind of hear from you on that side of the fence as well. So tell me a little bit about what does it mean to package and position yourself and your niche? Yeah. Well, you know, Ash, I'm so glad you said that because for, wouldn't you say that for job seekers looking to, you know, send their resume and apply for a job to have a, a, a digital footprint and a personal brand online that shows their expertise and has their a portfolio of some sort for, for an employer to look at makes them a more valid candidate for hire. Yep, definitely. And I think there's a big misconception out there that personal brand buildings only for the entrepreneurs or the business owners. That is so not true. It is so beneficial for job seekers. It is so beneficial for employees in larger corporations for all reasons that I, you know, will continue to repeat it. Having more visibility online helps you position yourself for additional opportunities, right? So it's to help you further stand out from the competition, from all of those other resumes and job seekers out there. Your personal brand can separate you from the competition. Mm, so good. Okay. And pos- so packaging and positioning your yeah, niche to sell. Talk to me. So this is this this for job seekers. Okay, I'm going to apply it to job seekers, and then I'll apply it to entrepreneurs. So packaging and positioning your niche to sell for job seekers. When when an employer is looking for a job for 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 an employee, they are looking for someone with a defined skill set that's going to be an asset to their team. That's only going to help generate ROI or right or success. Right. So packaging and positioning your expertise, even in your resume could help you stand out from the competition. And then having a personal brand where you're creating, you know, content or sharing industry insight or articles or creating thought leader articles on behalf of new trends, innovations within your industry is only going to help you look more like a more viable candidate to the employer. So it's really understanding what are your strengths and how to package and position those strengths to be at the forefront of your resume, your interview, your personal brand. Or Does that make sense? Owner. Yeah, definitely. Or as a business owner. And I love that you're talking about this because, I don't know, I think that in a world where there's so many resumes, I feel like when you have a personal brand, it's kind of like, I don't know, like Mortal Kombat, finish them. You know, it's like you hand your resume over and then they see your personal <laughs> brand. It's like, boom. Boom, um, yeah. It really makes you stand out. So I'm curious for the entrepreneurs listening who want to understand a little bit more because I, I know that if anybody's like me or like you, they're multifaceted, multi-passionate individuals. So how do they kind of take a look at themselves and think this is the thing that I want to package? Okay. Well, two things. What are you actually passionate about? Because if you're not passionate about it, you're going to burn out and you're not, it's not going to be fun for you. And you should, right. Work should have some fun elements, not always going to be fun because let's, let's be real. Let's be honest, but you should still love what you do. Yeah, right. Totally agree. So passion first and then turn passion to profit. That's what I always say. So passion um, is going to ultimately lead you to some interest in, de- in developing a skill set. So, and then what are you good at? And if you're not good at it, how can you get better at it? Now we have access to so much information online through whether it's YouTube, Google, or actually courses, webinars, trainings, workshops, that we should all be in personal development and further defining our skill sets. 
to make us more viable candidates across the board, whether you're a job seeker or whether you're an employee or whether you're a business owner. So always think of yourself as a student. And if you are further defining that skill set, you become a more valuable asset to whoever you're working with or to whoever you're working, you know, whoever you're working for. And you're able to really start to craft that skill set in a way to package and position it, whether you're, you know, selling it to an employer or whether you're selling it to a customer through your own business. So the, the, the more defined you are, the more of a solidified expert you are and that you can back it up with, right, the, the education, the experience, the portfolio, it's only going to make you stand out in the crowd. Mm, so helpful. And kind of going into like lead generation mm-hmm. um, for the entrepreneur, I love the way you call it the signature traffic builder. So I'm curious to understand what people's options are. And how do they choose which one to go with? So how many people do you hear like, oh, I wish I had more followers. Why don't I have more likes, more comments? You know, why don't I have more traffic? You know, so many, so many of us are just chasing traffic, chasing followers, chasing um, a community building, right? And list building, email list building, uh, webinar uh, attendees. Like we're always just looking for traffic. And sometimes I think we all get a little disillusioned of how hard it is to actually generate traffic today. Think of how much clutter is in the digital and social landscape. So we have to be giving people a reason to come visit our channels, listen to our podcasts, engage in our Twitter chat, and um, ultimately buy from us or want to hire us, right? We have to demand, we have to give a, uh, we have to give a reason for the traffic to come. And I think many of us don't realize that we need to do it more consistently. So a signature traffic builder is that consistent way that you are generating more traffic to your brand or your business. What is a signature traffic builder? It's a podcast. It's a blog. It's a Twitter chat. It's a webinar series. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, It's an ebook. It's a online course. These are all assets that are used as a marketing tool, a brand builder, and something that could be monetized to help generate more traffic on a consistent flow back to your brand, back to your channels. Um, And having that signature traffic builder like Ashley's Your U-Turn, My Millennial Talk, really does help grow our voice, our thought leadership, our community, our audience, our influence at the end of the day. Mm, And I know a lot of people, they have a fear, right? That if they step into a signature traffic builder, so maybe somebody today is like, I'm going to create a blog. And then they feel kind of like their blog posts, like become like a graveyard where they're just out (laughs) hiding on the internet. So Mm -hmm. what are some suggestions you have to engage people in your signature traffic builder? Because I feel like you're such a boss at that. And Mm -hmm. it's funny the other day, Chelsea, I was talking to somebody and you know, one of the million friends in LA that are like, who's this Chelsea that you were in Florida with? I'm like, you know, not only did I say like, she's a real entrepreneur. I'm like, you know, she gets paid for every talk she does. Like she's a paid speaker official. (laughs) And I know that this is one thing that you talk about a lot is like engagement. So I'm curious, Mm -hmm. like, how do we take, so let's say somebody wants to start a blog. How do we make it not go to die? Okay. So two things, one on the blog, one on the speaking that you just mentioned. So I am a paid speaker. Yes. Hallelujah. I have been doing it for 12 years, but 
I have not been a paid speaker for the past 12 years. Yeah. I've been a paid speaker for the past seven years. So I was, you know, you know, every now and then getting compensated with within first, you know, five, six years, but I was paying my dues, making my rounds, speaking for free, even traveling on my own dime to help build my personal brand, build my voice, build my thought leadership. I really paid my dues. And I think the difference is, is that people don't realize that I've been doing it for 12 years already. They're like, oh, you know, they, they think I'm young and they don't realize that I started when I was 16. I started when I was really young. No, I just think it's one of the most toxic things that I'm seeing in entrepreneurship right now. It's like I'm coaching a lot of new entrepreneurs right now on getting their clients, setting up their business. And it it really surprises me as I'm watching them because I'm like, wow, there is a standard or a hunger for overnight success. And, you know, it's like nothing is overnight. (laughs) And and that is why I am so vocal about sharing that it's been a 12-year journey for me because I am not trying to, um, you know, create a rainbow and butterflies picture that I was an overnight success. You know, you you really have to pay your dues and work hard to become a success in, in, as an entrepreneur today. There, to me, there is no such thing as a quick fix. And if you become an overnight YouTube sensation, then you know you better figure out a way to sustain and scale it from there fast. Yeah, you know because it, it that it's that solid foundation that again helps you build a house that turns into a compound, that turns into a mega mansion. And there's a reason why scaling according, you know, you know, slow, not, not slowly, but nicely over just rapidly does create longer term growth and consistency. Um, and I think some of us spike and crash and we all have to have those moments in failure to about reevaluate, right. And tweak. I definitely have, um, every failure, there's a silver lining and a message that we need to really like look for to take into that next endeavor we, we jump into, but, um, we have to stop thinking that there is this quick fix solution, everybody. And, there don't get don't get you know upset or or don't throw in the towel if you've gone on you know on Instagram live for the past month and you're only getting 10 12 viewers keep doing it consistency is key when it comes to a signature traffic builder when it comes to a blog when it comes to a vlog when it comes to a video series when it comes to anything new a podcast a twitter chat you have to give it at least 3 to 6 months mm-hmm. to evaluate the traffic Mm-hmm. So if you're not evaluating your traffic on the back end, check out those insights, check out those analytics, because guess what? That data, that those insights are going to help you evaluate what content your audience liked more of, liked less of, clicked more on, clicked less of, so that you can give them more of what they like. Mm-hmm. So if I always say in the foundation mode, give yourself, it's everything's an experiment and you can't get so hard on yourself in experimentation mode, especially if you're just starting something new. It's an experiment. So look at it as a, not as an experiment, not as a do or die, right? And you have to give that experiment at least three to six months to really present itself if it's working or not working or, or where things are working and not working, mm-hmm. you know, that you could further fine tune. Um, You have to understand what your goals are, what your expertise is, where your target audience is, and what type of content resonates with them. And do the research. You know, it's very easy to figure out what what demographics are on each social channel today. 
Um, do you take a content marketing course, understand the power and influence of how to create content, whether it's for your personal brand or for your business or for your employer, right? For the company you work for. Um, this is totally part of that further defining your skill set to help make your signature traffic builder that much more badass. Mm, love that. And mm -hmm. invest in yourself to make yourself better all around. You know, I don't um, even know any entrepreneur that hasn't invested in themselves. Like the ones yeah. that I know that are doing well, it's like they've invested, like they're Absolutely. not trying, and, and they might try to cut some corners, but not with the big things. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know, they're hiring a coach or they're, they're investing in the proper website or photo shoot and all the things yes. that make a business real. And I think, um, you know, the first episode we did on U-Turn Podcast was, was with Ben Hardy and he's a researcher on human performance. And he talks about how research indicates that the number one indicator that somebody is going to succeed is actually them investing money directly into that thing that they're working on. So yes. I love what you're talking about. And number four, so those of you who are kind of following and taking notes, because I've been getting all the DMs from those of you saying that you take notes, which you're my kind of people. Me too. So love that. Five stages. Personal brand foundation is number one. Number two is package and position your niche to sell. Number three is your signature traffic builder. And then let's get into number four, which is content marketing and lean gen. So mm. how to convert your social followers to customers. I'm so curious about this because I think that you... I don't know, like the way you do business, it seems to be moving all the time. And so I'm curious, like, what are you up to, Chelsea? And what can we offer everybody listening to do the same? Well, you know what? The power is in the content that you are creating and that you are sharing online. You know, storytelling is the most effective method of, of sharing your story, sharing your insight, and really just connecting and resonating with your audience, your followers. And content marketing can be used for just community growth, but it could also be used to generate leads if you are trying to sell a service or a product online and it doesn't have to be overly promotional, it can really be more authentic than ever because think about it, how cool are Instagram stories and, and drop it into highlights and then we could flip on Instagram live and talk to our audience in real time. It's very, it, there's a lot of more of a human element now that we can literally have two way dialogue with our audience through live stream. So really the power of live stream is, is, is so effective for many people who are in building their, their community, um, especially if you're trying to convert your social followers to customers. Mm -hmm. So community development through your content marketing efforts, through engaging in them on social, right? No, don't just post, post and engage with your community. It's two-way dialogue. We have to think about that two-way relationship online, especially even with networking, right? If you are you know, um, in job seeker mode, networking is a really powerful tool on social media, commenting on other posts, you know, resharing, re reposting, um, not just posting and waiting to see how many likes you get. It's a two-way street. So your content marketing and your engagement are key for generating that engaged and loyal and dedicated following that when you start to market your services to that following, when you start to offer, tell them what you have to offer them, whether it's a service or a workshop or a product they are already such fans of yours that purchasing that product is a no-brainer for them. Mm. So relationships are the key to generating customers online. And be authentic in your relationships. 
Um, so many people are, are so surprised when I answer a question of theirs on, on DM or actually respond to their email. And it's just, and, and they're like, oh, because nobody ever responds. It's like, what? You know, just take the time. One hour a day one hour a day to just dedicate to straight up engagement mm. through social media, not content creation, not, you know, you know, trying to, um, you know, convert your optimizer funnel, literally just talking to people online, especially the people that are in your community, in your industry and could potentially, you know, become, um, clients, customers, followers, fans, so content marketing and lead gen really go very hand in hand. And I think that as good as your content marketing efforts are, the easier it is to convert customers online. Yes, we could do paid traffic. We could do ads. We could do PPC campaigns. We could do um, boosted posts. But if that content isn't resonating with your audience, how well is that ad going to perform? And the more we build our personal brand foundation, the more we solidify our skill set, right? The more we dominate in what we are an expert in, the more we commit to being consistent in our signature traffic builder so that we're always consistently giving value and engaging our audience and then understanding the insights and analytics of our audience, what they like, what they don't like, peak times to post right? Even that makes a difference. When is your audience most engaged? That's when you should publish your content. Um, we'll only enhance your lead generation efforts in converting your customers, uh, your followers to customers. So it's see, these are really building blocks here in building this mega mansion, which gets you to the stage in, in, in business where, you know, your, your brand is starting to generate leads for you. Um, because of the footprint that you're building. And I think, you know, someone act just, I think actually I just said this to you, but someone just said to me, it really takes 15 years to accrue success. Mm-hmm. Some say it really takes 10 years to accrue success. I feel that in my 12th year, my, but actually in my 10th year, I just kind of, you know, that's that, that little bam moment happened where I feel that, that my footprint that I've been building over the past decade now is starting like the snowball is rolling on its own, if you will. So this is why, you know, this, this overnight sensation or this quick fix, you know, is, isn't realistic. And I'm not saying that, Hey, it's not going to take everybody 10 years. Hey, I don't want it to take everybody 10 years. And I was, (laughs) but I'm just saying, we have to get more real and realize that, you know, so social media has some element of distortion. We're only seeing everybody's best. We're only seeing everybody's wins, right? Some people have authentic moments, but more of the time we're seeing the highs, not the lows. So don't have comparison envy, you know, don't have negative, uh, chatter or self-doubt because of what you think he, you know, Sally or Joe or Mark is doing that you're not, you really have to focus on you building your foundation, you know, kick ass in what you do. You know, I wanted to be the ultimate authority on, on, on millennials and marketing. I've been doing it for 12 years consistently. I have tried, you know, I've been investing myself for the past decade. So, you know, invest in yourself to only help generate more ROI on yourself down the road. 
U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Business Launch Mastermind, our online course to help you launch your dream business. So if you're sick of being stuck and wondering how you're going to get new clients and you'd like to try a free version of our business launch course, all you got to do is head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash biz. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash B-I-Z. Now let's get back to this week's episode. You're right. I think that I reached my heights in business in 2016. And it's like, looking back now, what worked then doesn't work now. So it's also being agile and sustaining. So it makes sense to me how it's like, be careful what you wish for you create overnight success, and you don't generate or develop those skills along the way that sustain success necessarily. So great point. Um, and Charles, you talk about number five, the fifth stage for visibility, influence, and profits, um, mm-hmm. brand tribe. And then I want to ask you a little bit about some of your favorite tools to get clients. So what does brand tribe mean to you? So brand tribe, this is like, you know, the, the ultimate win, you know, when you have done your one through four steps and you really rock it and roll in and you've built that, you know, community online, you've built a solid and I, and here's the thing. There's a difference between, you know, macro and mega influencers that have the community and and entrepreneurs that have the communities of million followers, you know, 500,000 followers. Those are mega influencers. There's also very powerful micro influencers or micro personal brands that have 1,000, 3,000, 5,000 followers. Sometimes these micro communities are even more engaged, even more powerful because of that more authentic relationship that you can have with a, right, a 3,000 people versus 3 million people. So the power in, in, in micro communities is not to be overlooked, but having a loyal and engaged brand tribe, a tribe that advocates for you, engages in you, you know, listens to your podcast, reads your blog, downloads your video, listens to your webinar, um, you know, is happy to write happy testimonials on your behalf. The, your brand tribe only becomes uh, lead generators for you, right? Think about ha- customer reviews. You, if you go to a, a, you know a, a restaurant that has twenty positive reviews versus a restaurant that has one review, you're, you're definitely going to the one that has twenty positive reviews. And your brand tribe is help, is really creating this influence and impact on behalf of you because of the engagement and the, and the loyalty and the commitment and traffic that they're helping generate your to your brand. So if you're looking to monetize your social media following, if you're looking to solidify more speaking opportunities, more workshops, more trainings, um, having a a brand tribe is only going to help, you know, open up the opportunity to monetize because look, for example, if you want to, you know, start to build a successful Twitter chat, generate all of those impressions and engagement numbers, you can then package to a sponsor who's looking to engage a like-minded community. You can package your blog stats to advertisers and sponsors who might want to do native advertising or sponsored posts on your blog. Um, If you're creating kick-ass video content, you know, there might be unboxing videos that might want to come your way, right? If you're in gaming or in tech or in fashion or in makeup. So this is where your brand tribe 
really is bringing that, those, helping to generate those opportunities. So, um, it, you know, it's kind of a circle. It's personal brand. You're, it's building your foundation, having that skill set, generating the traffic to ultimately bring it back to the revenue generator, right? Hopefully converting that customers to, to converting that followers, those followers to customers or leveraging that, th- those followers for, um, and selling those impressions, selling that traffic for advertising sponsorship. Um, so really opening up multiple revenue streams and options for yourself. That's the beauty of building a personal brand. You are really helping to not create, take all those eggs and put them into multiple baskets instead of one. So good. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing people's thoughts right now before they've even listened to the episode and I'm hearing them wonder, you know, okay, cool. I, I want to get my brand out there. I want to create a community, but how do I get people to know about it? Kind of going back to that same question around blog posts, like I wrote a blog post and now nobody sees it. So what are a few steps somebody can take to get in front of potential subscribers or people that aren't going to cost people a lot of money? Cause I know a lot of people are getting started and it might be too premature for them to, Mm -hmm. you know, invest in that kind of a thing. So a great way to just expand eyeballs, I say, because right every in the beginning, if you're not, you know, how do you expand eyeballs, generate traffic? How do people start to learn about you, know about you? How can you, how and where can you collaborate? Can you guest post somewhere? Um, A lot of people, especially in the blogging realm, are especially trying to generate traffic back to their website. It's a great thing to try to be a guest blogger on someone else's blog. I accept guest blogger uh, contributors. Uh, contributors. I have guest blog contributors, like over 250 of them. And I absolutely love my guest bloggers because I love helping them bring more eyeballs and traffic back to their brand. And I love the value that they're help bringing my community. So it's a total win-win for all. And if you can tell, I'm really lack of competition and all about the collaboration. So how can you use your expertise to bring value to someone else's community in a collaborative way, not, not a competitive way, so that you can get introduced to their audience, so that you can start to expand eyeballs on your content, your expertise, um, and what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. I love that. And mm-hmm. so Charles, like, I know we kind of talked about LinkedIn a little bit. And as we kind of close up, like, I know, like, every entrepreneur has their kind of like ninja trick thing. Like, mm-hmm. for me, for the longest time, having your business on Yelp was such a big deal. I ended up getting so many qualified leads as a career coach for that. And I know that marketing has shifted and Yelp's algorithm is more difficult than it's ever been. So I don't recommend it the same way I used to. I'm curious, like, what is like a little ninja trick that you're like, I just love doing this and it always translates into clients and cash for me? Oh, gosh. That's like, I wish I had actually a more turnkey thing. Um But, you know, but, okay, so maybe one of my, maybe it is more of a ninja trick than I thought because I really, you know, Ash, business has exploded in the past three years. Um, And it was good before, but it's exploded in the past three years. And having a digital course online was a very powerful vehicle. Um, But I recommend that for those who are looking to monetize, you know, their expertise online, right? trying to generate more customers online through coaching, through workshops, through group training, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have a course before three years ago online. And when I did, 
did. It was a, an amazing, like, kind of like Kickstarter behind generating a lot more traffic um, in in bringing back my coaching arm of my business. So I think one of the things that many of us might not have is like a product to, mm-hmm. to offer or to sell. And it doesn't have to be something extensive. It could really be something very niche or small just to test. Um, But that's a real great way to really test your audience and see what they like and what they don't like so that you can kind of refine from there. But I don't have I don't have a ninja tool or something that surges my traffic. I mean, my my Twitter chats are probably my my biggest ninja asset. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they generate, you know, 50 million impressions in one hour. So I guess it, it, you know what? I'm going to say my, my ninja tools, my, the Twitter chat formula that I've, I've cracked the code there. Mm-hmm. Um, but sharing that I, I can't, I, it, it, nobody would understand the code if I started to talk about it. So yeah. sorry. It's, that's a really lame answer. No, uh, but I think it's, it's true. Lame. I think it's the truth. And sometimes the it's truth true. feels lame as hell. So that's perfect. <laughs> okay. So you know, it's really what works for me. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so kind of just everybody who's capping out with this, um, how to grow your influence, um, VIP, visibility, influence, and profits. Um, The five stages, number one, personal brand foundation. Number two, package and price your skill into your niche to sell. Um, Number three, your signature traffic builder. How are you going to get those leads? Number four, content marketing and lead gen, how to convert your social followers. The short answer is to engage and respond to them. Sounds obvious, but I wasn't always doing that. And number five, really creating a tribe that is committed. Chels, this has been awesome. I'm curious where everybody can find you. ChelseaCross.com for all things on social, Chelsea Cross. Really easy. And and everyone, um, I what I have to share, you know, there's so there's so many elements to the equation, right? It, we make it sound like it's easier in one hour, but there's really so many ways to go about personal brand building, and there's so much access to to great content for how to go do that on LinkedIn, and especially if you're LinkedIn Premium. All of my courses will be free to you. So if maybe there's an investment in your business, it, it, it's, it's and I'm not even a LinkedIn premium like spokesperson. I sound like one, but I really value the LinkedIn learning library that you get access to, um, and you get access to a, a, an amazing, you know, a library of, of of content in all different industries um, that will only help you up level yourself personally and professionally. So. Um, Definitely, you know, 2019 is the year to invest in you. Wonderful, Chelsea. You are my favorite person. All I want to do is hang out. I can't believe I have another podcast interview right now. (laughs) Oh, Uh, well, you know what? You're killing it because you are so much of what you are sharing on U-Turn is like exactly what I think people are craving. And, you know, thank you for tapping great people to talk about awesome things all the time, Ash. I love you, Chelsea. Thanks for being here. Love you. Love you, love you. Woohoo! Hey guys, it's Ash here, and I'm just reflecting on this episode with my girl, Chelsea, who I love so much, and it's just such a joy to connect with her, and I don't know, whenever I think of her, like I said, she just feels like such a true entrepreneur. She's tried and played with so many things, and what I want to share with you about on this particular conversation just reflecting on the episode is first how much not everyone is not is meant to be an entrepreneur like 
And I mean that with no ego. I think that one of the biggest indicators for someone first is to ask themselves, do I belong in the workforce or do I not? Because I think some people live their lives in the workforce and something always feels like it's missing when the reality is what's missing is the truth that they don't belong in the workforce. It's not the place they're meant to go. They're meant to be an entrepreneur. They're not listening to the calling. And so because of that, they're kind of subject to a life where deep down they know that there's something else they want to be up to and they never pursue it. So if um, I think some questions to ask yourself to figure out, like, am I meant to be an entrepreneur is first and foremost, like just about your core values. Um, I believe I have a core values guide at uturnpodcast.com slash core values. And that's such a powerful question to be asking yourself, because in reality, it's like, how much do you value freedom? And then taking it a step deeper, what does freedom mean to you? I had a client recently who kind of our conversation and she was a career coaching client, an interesting client because she'd been a business owner for a long time and she realized that she was meant to maybe go back into the workforce. And, you know, that happens more rarely for me. Most clients are in the workforce and they want to be an entrepreneur or they're in the workforce and they don't know what they want to do in the workforce. And I help them figure out where they belong. So it's really interesting to have an entrepreneur that wants to consider going back into the workforce. And one of the <clears throat> distinctions that I came up with her was freedom versus flexibility. After talking with her for a while, I realized that she really values flexibility, but she doesn't necessarily crave deep time freedom. So time freedom means I'm just going to be able to get on a plane whenever I want. Everybody would like that. Everybody would like that option, but not everybody needs that option. So it's really getting clear, like how badly do you need that? Or do you just need flexibility? Do you just need to feel like if you have a doctor's appointment or you want to like see a friend from in town in the morning and you just want to be a half hour late, nobody's looking at you, bothering you. That just means you might need flexibility in the workforce. So I think the first thing is to ask yourself, do you feel a sense of really deep pain but because you don't have complete time freedom? That's the first indicator. I think the second indicator is your your work ethic and your relationship with financial security. Um, a lot of people have, they prefer, and I remember when I was a little girl, it kind of traumatized me, but my dad said, Ashley, you have two options. You, you can either live your life on a merry-go-round or a roller coaster. And he was referring to the merry-go-round being in the workforce and the roller coaster being entrepreneurship. And I remember thinking, well, I don't really like merry-go-rounds and I don't really like roller coasters either. either. Um, and as I kind of rewired this at a later age, I realized entrepreneurship doesn't have to be a complete roller coaster. There's certain things you can do to really set yourself up, but you have to have that hunger and you also have to have a very specific type of relationship with financial security. What does that mean? Um, I think asking yourself, do you value predictability in your finances? Are you okay with minimizing your expenses and really hustling on something um, and just living below your means on the hope that maybe things blow up, but you need to be blow up for the better, you know, and you make a lot of money or you, you do really well getting paid for doing work you love, but you have to have that piece that the game, the creativity, the self-expression that comes with entrepreneurship is worth it for you, whether you make the money you want or not. For me, I have such a good time creating content, putting myself out there, playing with new things that the game of entrepreneurship is worth it to me so that whether I make a lot of money or not, I'm just having a good time. It's a part of my creativity. It's a part of my love for time freedom and self-expression. Um, if somebody tells me I have to be somewhere at a date and time, like unless it's a friend and it's in my personal life, when it's in business, I feel a bit of constriction with that. So for me, I need time freedom. Other people just need flexibility. So a few key questions to ask yourself to figure out, are you even meant to be an entrepreneur? Are you meant for the workforce? Number one, your relationship with flexibility versus freedom and really asking yourself, do I absolutely need time freedom? And you know that you need it if it hurts you really badly inside that you're not getting it. 
Um, or do you just need flexibility? Uh, number two is around your core values. Um, you know, how do you feel about financial security? Um, how do you feel about your personal self-expression? Do you need space to express yourself and make money through doing that? Um, what is your relationship with money? Are you okay with minimizing your expenses because the creativity um, and the freedom to create is so important for your expression and for your being in the world? So that's the second piece is just around your core values around financial security and self-expression. Um, and then I think once you've kind of taken a look at those is really asking yourself, okay, how do I create a business that I really love? So the first thing I also want to offer is that some people are meant for both. Some people are meant to just have a side hustle, a place that they can go and have self-expression and a job that is flexible that allows them to really enjoy the, the predictability, the financial security. Um, and so you might be that person. I think a lot of people don't realize that sometimes when you just add some joy in one area of your life, it doesn't have to be full on. It just has to be maybe a few hours a week of joy that you really love. It leaks into other areas of your life. So some of you listening, you might be somebody that needs to have a side hustle. And that in having that side hustle, it lights you up even more in your job. It makes you more entrepreneurial, more creative in your job. You have more fun. You take more initiative. So it's not always the case that you need to be in one of these buckets, the job seeker or the entrepreneur. Um, and then the final thing I wanted to share is that there's so many ways to have a side hustle. And I just, it's never lost on me how many natural skills or abilities we already have that we can monetize. For example, a lot of people don't realize that just by be speaking a foreign language, you already have a skill that you can monetize. There's people in the world that want to pay for that skill, that want to, you know, invest in that skill. So if you're a fluent English speaker, you could put yourself on Fiverr or Upwork at, for English lessons. Um, if you're really good at graphic design, if you're really good at, um, you know, God knows what, dressing people, styling. It's like there's so much you could do on the side. And one of the biggest things that I've watched in entrepreneurship the past eight years since I started is that some people have relied on traffic sources that are very short term. So for example, Facebook ads, the price of Facebook ads is always changing. And that as a result, your profits are always going to be changing. And if you're in the game of paying for ads, that means you're in the game of constantly changing your lead generation. And that can become a full time job. So you have to get some sort of creative hit and dopamine hit and joy off of that or else um, you have to kind of take a look at how do I create a business that lasts a lot longer. And that's what I've really focused on. I have more than 200 blog posts on the internet. Uh, you know, now I've got fifth, almost 50 episodes, if not more, of the U-Turn podcast up. I have my Instagram. I have Yelp. I have all the things. And it's not that I should say that you should be everywhere and do everything. It is to say that I got really experimental. And as a result, my traffic and my lead generation, I'm getting 50 to 100, you know, applications a month for coaching and all of these things. And that's because I spread my seed. That feels so weird. That feels like the guy at the club who's like trying to get with everyone. I spread my seed. But you know what I mean? Um, for those of you who are looking to explore entrepreneurship or a side hustle, I have a free course um, at U-Turn Podcast, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash biz, B-I-Z, U-Turn Podcast dot com slash biz. You can get my free course on how to start your business and you'll get an opportunity as you're taking it to upgrade into my full business course, um, which is about 18 to 20 hours of training videos on how to start your business. It's really comprehensive. It really gets your groundwork in place. It's only for you if it's a service-based business you're interested in, not so much for a product-based business. So 
if that's you, um, I hope you head on over to uturnpodcast.com slash biz and um, get that side hustle going or whatever it is after you ask these questions. Journal on these questions. You know, really think like, is it flexibility or freedom that you're after? Because that's a big difference. People who need flexibility just need that in their workforce necessarily. And people who need freedom and they have deep pain because of it, they might be suited for entrepreneurship and maybe they just need a side hustle. So asking yourself these questions to figure out where you fit. That's really part of my work a lot of the times with clients. And uh, I'm just sending you all the love as you innovate and create. And I'm just so grateful you're listening. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at uturnpodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode.